This episode of Jewish Songwriter is brought to you by Temple Israel of the City of New York, a welcoming family of families devoted to community and repairing the world, located on Manhattan's Upper East Side. With an early childhood center, religious school education through high school, weekly musical services, and an inspiring array of social, educational, young professional, and Israel-centered programming and trips, you're sure to find your home in this warm and inclusive community. To learn more, check out www.tinyc.org. That's tinyc.org. Welcome to Jewish Songwriter, shining a light on the people and stories behind contemporary Jewish music, one song at a time. I'm your host, Sheldon Lowe, and now, on to the show. This week's Jewish Songwriter is Jacob Spike Kraus. Welcome to the podcast, Jacob. Thank you. Happy to be here. Thanks for being here. You moved to my old neighborhood after we left, which is a cool neighborhood. Yeah, I live on the Upper East Side. Mm -hmm. Um, I love it. It's burgeoning, so it's still relatively quiet, but there's starting to be more to do there, which is really nice. Yeah. I spent some time at Eisner Camp, Mm -hmm. and Matt Emmer, for example, was uh, just singing your praises, and there was definitely like some buzz about what you were doing, I guess, because you had been song leader there for a number of years. For a number of years, yeah. I grew up there as a camper and counselor song leader and then head song leader. Wow. Can you tell me just a little bit about, you know, your upbringing? Because you said camp, that was obviously a big part of your journey toward becoming a Jewish songwriter, but but give me a little bit of that history. Yeah. um, I grew up in Belmont, Massachusetts, the suburbs of Boston. Uh, My father is a reform rabbi out in in Belmont and was a camp song leader and Jewish songwriter when he was growing up. Uh, So I kind of grew up in that field Mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, went to Jewish day school in the Belmont area, went to Rashi Jewish Day School and then Gan Academy. Um, and so kind of was always steeped in Jewish education, Jewish tradition, Jewish music. I grew up at Eisner Camp and was there as a you know faculty brat um, mm-hmm. and then as a camper and counselor. So that was really the place where I started to explore Jewish songwriting, you know, because I had counselors who were song leaders um, and then went on to be directors. And, and so really inspired me to do that kind of work, but I really got it reinforced at home. And so it wasn't that I was, you know, writing songs at camp just for camp, but that I would come home and have it, you know, really infused by my father and my family and mm-hmm. and my uncle and really have all these opportunities to to experiment and, and write and share my music mm-hmm. at school and at home and at camp. If you had asked me any time until I was, you know, like 18 years old or something like that, are you going to be a Jewish professional? I probably would have said no way. For sure would have said no. <laughs> uh, I mean, my songwriting background began probably in middle school, writing love songs for classmates. Yeah. Um, totally, you know, very classic middle school, high school, like, I love you, just like really yeah. unnecessary and, and gross, like exaggerated <laughs> metaphors, like your eyes shine yeah. like diamonds, you yeah. know, the like basic kind of stuff. And, and, yeah. mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. didn't didn't start writing Jewish music until basically the end of high school when, when I was like, oh, well, I, I already write you know, love songs, maybe I can try and write, like set this prayer to music or write these words mm-hmm. to, to music as well. And so I didn't write my first Jewish song until senior year of high school, even. And I had started writing songs three, four years before that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. interesting. At what age did you start song leading? I started song leading early. I was doing it in middle school at the Rashi Jewish Day School. So we're talking sixth grade, seventh grade. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I started early. I mean, I started to play guitar when I was 10. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was song leading just a couple years after that. So was there a moment you would say that led you to become a Jewish songwriter, or Jewish artist? I went to Muhlenberg College in Allentown, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. 
Also, apparently Noah Aronson went there, which yes. I didn't know until I listened to your podcast. Yes. <laughs> um, so Muhlenberg College, shout out. But I went in as a, a creative writing student and I went there specifically because they have a writing program and then took a couple of music classes when I was there and said, hey, I, I think that I'm allowed to do music mm-hmm. in life. That was something that hadn't really crossed my mind. It had always been, I sung at a camp. I would do, you know, Sunday schools at, at various synagogues in, in the Boston area growing up. Um, but it wasn't until really in college, freshman, sophomore year that I said, I can, I can do music full time and I can write music and I can share this music. And that was the moment, you know, when I finished my first or second semester freshman year of college that I said kind of, this is something that I think I can do, that I would be good at, and that I really would enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. So when did you start composing the music that ended up on Shake Off the Dust? I started writing the music for Shake Off the Dust when I was still at Eisner as a song leader. So that would have been 2010, 11, 12-ish. Mm-hmm. So it was really a span of like 2009 all the way up through 2014. That album really kind of encapsulated a journey of my Jewish songwriting from when I first started through that period in my life of having graduated school. So it really spanned Mm. basically my college years um, and figuring out what I wanted to do, who I wanted to be, what did I want my sound to be like. Uh I think for any of our listeners that are in high school, you know, you could write a song today that could end up being on your album. At the same time, I think it's interesting because you started songwriting, you said, basically like in middle school, right? Mm -hmm. So by the time you wrote that Yiyu Laratzon, you were already like four or five years into your journey as a songwriter. So I think it's worth, you know, mentioning that it's a craft and it's a skill and nothing earlier than five years into your writing made it onto your first album. That's right. Um, And I'm still crafting and still writing and so my most recent album that came out, uh, Cornerstones, which came out a year and a half ago now, yeah, last spring mm-hmm. is when it came out. That had a whole new style and a whole mm-hmm. new genre. It, it's music that sounds really almost nothing like the first five years of my writing. Um, and so as a songwriter, you basically spend the first 10 to 20 years of your life going through phases of figuring out what do you, what are you passionate about? What do you want to sound like? Your first album to me was very like acoustic pop. And now we're getting a lot of the like synth and electronic stuff that is totally, I don't want to say mimicking, but it's totally got the same type of sounds and the electronic tendencies that you're hearing on, on pop and top 40 radio today. And I think that's super exciting. It's, it's certainly fun to listen to. And I have to think that you know, a large part of your success and your sort of explosion onto the Jewish music scene is due to that in part. And, you know, for example, I came and I saw your show at the Biennial. You had some like drum sample loops, you know, Mm -hmm. tracking going behind some of your songs. And you had a a huge crowd, one of the biggest crowds that I saw. And it was all young people there. Yeah, Uh, it was it was really exciting. And, And I know that's intentional. And I just, you know, I would say, I think you're, you know, hitting the target on a bullseye. Hey, it's Sheldon here, just interrupting to tell you that today's podcast is brought to you by Banzoogle, who makes it easy to build a stunning website for your music in minutes. I've tried all of the major template-based sites, and the reason I use Banzoogle is because the whole platform is really built for musicians, with features like a free custom domain name, a commission-free store, unlimited download codes, and an email list platform for managing your list, sending targeted emails and analytics built right into your subscription. You can click the link in the episode notes 
or go to bamzugel.com and use promo code Jewish Songwriter, all one word, to try it free for 30 days and get 15% off the first year of your subscription. That's promo code Jewish Songwriter. Banzoogle, websites built for musicians by musicians. Let's start talking about You Will Find Me. Can you just tell our listeners a little bit about you know, what this song is and sort of the inspiration to write it. Sure. It's based off of Shir Hashirim's Song of Songs and uses text from that book in the lyrics. Nice. Often I, I do a lot of like Sunday school song leading mm-hmm. um, and, and Hebrew school classes and it's, it's become fairly common for, for me to walk into a, a religious school classroom, a Hebrew school classroom, and have kids ask me the first thing right off the bat, can we sing real music today? And mm. I don't know if you've, if you've had experiences like that sure. in, in your, I think that a lot of song leaders do. And, and so the question obviously is, well, what are you talking about? What do you mean real music? And they said, well, real music, like not Jewish music, not Hebrew music. Mm. And at first, you know, it's a, it's kind of like a, a budding heads, well, Jewish music is real music, Hebrew sure. music it, it is real Especially music, it can be. an artist like yourself. <laughs> right. Um, and it took me a really long time to figure out why that was a question that was occurring and why people um, and kids would maybe not consider Jewish music to be real music or music that they can relate to and are comfortable with. So I made it a, a goal of mine to write a Jewish song that would feel real to them that maybe would like almost trick them into being like, Oh, this is a real, this is a real song. Jewish music can look like that and sound like that. And so this song you will find me is, um, totally in English sounds like a pop song that you might hear on the radio. Not that I'm saying it's good enough to be on the radio, but that's the style, the genre. Sure. Um, I'll say that it is and, good enough to be on the radio. <laughs> thank you. Um, and it's, it pulls, quotations from uh, Shir HaShirim from Song of Songs. And mm-hmm. so hidden in these lyrics are direct quotes and links um, to ancient Jewish text. And it's almost like a modern day text study, mm-hmm. if you will, of, mm-hmm. of Shir HaShirim of Song of Songs. I wrote it as an ability to, to take it into a classroom and say kind of, great, you want to sing real music? Let's sing this song. In some ways, exactly what, we're, what we are trying to do as Jewish songwriters, make it relevant, make it resonant, make it exciting. To the to, to people now. Yeah, and I think that, that there's a long tradition of that. I think that's what Jewish songwriters have always been innovating. And I think that it's it was me finding myself in that tradition and locating where do I want to be and how can I continue that tradition and not necessarily separate myself from it and say, that's old and I'm writing new music. Mm-hmm. But this was an attempt for me to kind of say, yes, and. Well, tell us about uh, the curriculum that uh, you've developed with this? Yeah. So something that I really have been pushing is, you know, it's great to have this song to take it into a classroom and say, you asked for real music. Here's real, here's what you would call real music. And and I've written a few songs like that, but I want there to be some, some substance to that. I often go in with this music and, and we'll play the song and we'll talk about the song and then introduce kind of the Jewish aspect. There's a a line in, in the second verse that says you're that altogether beautiful with flaws so indisputable, which actually goes directly in contrast with the original text, which says um, you are that altogether beautiful. There is no flaw in you. Um, and, and sparking this conversation about what do we consider beauty? Does being altogether beautiful really mean 
you're perfect and there's no flaw in you as the text, you know, thousands of years ago would say, or to have this conversation about, well, maybe being altogether beautiful means all of you is beautiful, including the flaws and the cracks and the things that maybe aren't so great. Mm -hmm. So I think that there's a functionality of Jewish music that's about study and education and engagement. I think that there's a functionality of Jewish music that is spiritual and prayerful and I think that there's a functionality for Jewish music that's just listening mm-hmm. and being, you know, being present. I think there's a functionality for Jewish music that's group singing and community building. Mm-hmm. And so thinking of more ways for Jewish music to be functional than can people sing this together helps to open the tent, like you said, and help mm-hmm. to expand and engage people who maybe don't love singing. Maybe singing's not your thing. Maybe mm-hmm. your Hebrew isn't up to par to where you can really sing Hebrew prayers or Hebrew phrases. And so there's other ways. And I encourage other, other songwriters to, to think about the functionality of your music um, and the ways that you can use it to help engage and educate and create not just kids and teens, but, but everyone. Can you give some tips and some advice to educators, song leaders, or just, you know, regular teachers or educators of any sort of how they can use this song? Sure there's a lot of different things you can do. So even taking it into a classroom, play the recording, Mm -hmm. or um, if you are musically literate, finding sheet music, learning how to play it yourself, Um, taking it into a classroom and maybe starting with a conversation about what is Jewish music to you guys, to the class, um, and having that conversation. What are the things we associate with Jewish music? Often you'll get responses like Hebrew or la 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 lies or for Mm -hmm. more musically inclined people like a minor e7 d minor that like (laughs) fragish um um tune and i would i would say it works the best middle school and up we're talking sixth and seventh grade right around b'nai mitzvah Mm -hmm. uh, where kids are just starting to rebel against judaism and their parents and (laughs) and think about well what does this mean to me and why do i even want to want to do this that's i think really the sweet spot you've clearly been songwriting for a while i think another thing that excites me about you and your music is just how musical you are. And I mean, in terms of your composition, you're doing a lot of really neat uh, rhythm, a lot of really fun melodic choices and your chord choices. And I'm just curious to know, like, what's your process like? Sure. So I'm one of those songwriters that almost always does music first Mm -hmm. and then words after. I know it's different for for a lot of people. That's the way that I find um, most natural Mm-hmm. for myself. I will say something that I think is really awesome about Jewish music for people who are just starting out as songwriters and maybe find the whole thing overwhelming yeah. is that finding a text that you really like right. and setting it to music, half the work is already done for you. Mm-hmm. And so often what, what happens when I, when I songwrite is that I end up just playing covers of songs that I really like mm-hmm. and through playing other songs, we'll, we'll hear chord patterns or structures that I really like. So something that I use a lot of my music is to go two, three, four, five mm-hmm. in, in the scale, mm-hmm. um, which is something that James Taylor uses a lot. And that's just a, a musical pattern that catches my ear that I really mm-hmm. like to use a mm-hmm. lot. And parody writing, not mm. necessarily like funny parody writing, but to write your own lyrics to a song that already exists mm-hmm. is a great exercise in songwriting. And then you can take those lyrics that you have and then write new Mm -hmm. chords to them afterwards. Do you have any advice to other Jewish songwriters? Um, They could be novices. They could be, you know, people that you admire. Yeah. um, My biggest piece of advice, and this is something that I struggle with a lot, is 
write as much as possible. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's something we don't really recognize is that we'll write, you know, three, four, five, six songs and be like, great, I'm going to make an album now. Mm -hmm. And those might not be your best songs. Mm -hmm. And so for those people who want to write a hit song or a song that really speaks or moves people, maybe it comes around once every 100 songs Mm -hmm. or so, maybe more. Mm -hmm. Um, And so if you finished a song and you think it's really great, amazing, awesome, go write another one. Every time I get excited about a song, I have to push myself to say, okay, go write five more, mm-hmm. right? Go write 10 more, pick new texts, try new things. Um, so that would be my advice is, is if you've written songs you really like, great. Don't stop. Keep going. Write mm-hmm. more songs. All right. Are you ready for lightning round? I was born for lightning round. <laughs> All right. It starts easy. One word responses. First thing that pops in your mind. So don't think about it. Okay. No cheating. Okay. Okay. What is your favorite breakfast cereal? Um, um, Raisin Bran. Crunch, Raisin Bran Crunch. Mm, got some on the counter right now. What's the last song you listened to? Slide by Calvin Harris. Your most used emoji? The Flames. Favorite TV character? Thad Castle from Blue Mountain State. You're good at this. Who would play you in your biopic? Oh, oh my God. <laughs> um, Chris Pine. Ooh, nice. I like that answer. What's your, uh, the song you're embarrassed to love, your guilty pleasure song? The entire High School Musical soundtrack. Um, what's the song you wish you had written? September, mm-hmm. Earth, Wind & Fire. Very nice. All right, well, just one more time. Thank you, Jacob Spike Krause, for being on the podcast. It was just awesome getting to hang with you, as it always is. And Absolutely. Thank you insight. for inviting me. My pleasure. And uh, yeah, that's a wrap. Bye, everyone. This is You Will Find Me by Jacob Spike Krause. Caught me by surprise and took me for a ride and left me nowhere fast asleep. See, I am hers and my baby is mine. We are both just victims of a selfish love that's no good at goodbyes. So she's just gone, 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 gone. And this time for how long will she come on home? Girls, nobody knows where my baby goes to me. I've been searching the streets and squares with no love, but I'm starting to believe when my baby goes, follow and you will find me. Oh, yeah. Well, it was the eyes, the kind that mesmerized. Captivated by her lie The whole thing's overwhelming me She's that altogether beautiful With flaws so indisputable They always seem to make a dream Of taillights in the sky again She's gone, 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 gone And this time for how long? It's the same old song of songs Come away That intercell the hell of a girl Since nobody knows where my baby goes to me I've 
I've been searching the streets and squares with no luck But I'm starting to believe when my baby goes Follow and you will find me Whoa, whoa Of a dozen, doesn't anyone have something to tell me? Have you seen the one who my soul loves? That interstellar hell of a girl seems nobody knows where my baby goes to me. I've been searching the streets and squares with no luck, but I'm starting to believe when my baby goes, follow and you will find me. Whoa, 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 yeah. That's it for this episode of Jewish Songwriter. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and follow us on Spotify, YouTube, and Facebook. If you enjoy listening to this podcast, please consider leaving us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. On the next episode of Jewish Songwriter... Hey, this is Shannon. And this is Max. And we are Ahabachinam. Jewish Songwriter is produced by Sheldon Lowe, edited by Ben Mazak of Industrial Strength Productions in St. Louis, Missouri, and distributed by Hallelu Music. Until next time, keep writing out there, and thanks for listening. I'm singing hallelujah, 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 hallelujah.